find this podcast and others like it at the number one new media network, Podshow.com. Better, Better, faster, faster, stronger. stronger. And now with new minty fresh scent. The Bible Study Podcast, episode 22. Today, the Bible Study Podcast looks at John 20 and Doubting Thomas. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. The verses for today are coming from John 20, and they are just after the resurrection of Jesus. Starting in verse 24, Now Thomas, called Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands, and put my finger where the nails were, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe it. A week later his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here, see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. I had thought about doing this story today because this is the text that was used in my church this Sunday, as it was probably in many churches. And then I had decided to do something else. But one of the reasons that I came back to this text is I think that this is a week that many people will have doubts. I woke up this morning and opened the paper and there was the news of this horrific slaughter of children in the college in Virginia. And I think a lot of people will wake up today and look at these this news and say, where was God? A lot of people's faith is shaken by the circumstances they find themselves in. And I think we need to admit to ourselves that this is a natural reaction. I think we have to look at the gospel here of John and thank God for Thomas. I certainly do, because when I look at Thomas, I can see that he is asking questions that I would have asked, maybe. I see that Thomas' faith is real, and his doubts are real. And he doesn't come out and and pretend to have faith that he doesn't have. He's looking at this news that Jesus has risen from the dead, and he's saying, it is, it is too hard for me. It is too hard to believe. It's it's not rational. It's not scientific would be what we would say today. But he, he's saying it doesn't make sense. I can't believe it unless I see proof. So I think the first thing that I thank God for when I think of Thomas is his honesty. I thank God that he expressed this before the other disciples, before he had a chance to see that proof, so that we could see that we weren't alone. That doubt is something that even the apostles had. And, and Thomas will live a life after this story that is one of faith, Tom will actually end, Thomas, <laughs> Tom, Tommy as I call him, will actually end up a martyr in India. He will start a Christian church that lives to this day in southern India and will be killed by the Brahmins. So it is not inconsistent to be a person of faith and to occasionally have doubts. And Thomas did. And Thomas was honest and open about it. And I think that that is something that should inform us. That when we have doubts, the first thing we should do is be honest. And the second thing that I think is significant in this is Thomas is there. Thomas doesn't go home when he has these doubts. He goes and he spends time with the fellowship of believers. And I think that's something that I see that a lot of us don't do. When we have times when we are in positions where we doubt, 
and I think a lot of us have them, we leave. I see this at Juvenile Hall, where I lead a Bible study every Tuesday night. I'm much more likely to get someone who is pre-sentencing than someone who is post-sentencing. Pre-sentencing, people are still hoping that if they come to Bible study, I think, that that God will answer their prayers and that they will get out. That they won't have to serve the consequences of whatever they have done. And post-sentencing, I think a lot of people say, well, I tried it and it didn't work, or God wasn't listening, or why didn't God answer my prayer? God will answer prayers, and sometimes, like a good father, he will say no. Sometimes he will leave us to the consequences of our actions, even after forgiveness. And I think that that, though, in the case of these boys that I minister to here on Tuesday nights, who were in a unit for violent offenders, and so often the charges are serious, that can produce doubts. When what we think should happen does not happen, or like when we wake up today and something that we know should not happen, something that is terrible happens, when we know it should not happen, we know that that is wrong, I think that that can also produce doubts. And one of the things that I think we need to admit to ourselves is that this is not a perfect world. The Bible doesn't claim it is. It says that this is a world that is a fallen world and that the consequences of sin are everywhere. Sometimes we wake up and in the newspapers they are obvious that there is someone who has made decisions and made choices that directly affect the lives of others in a terrible and horrific way. But it's harder for us, I think, to see that sometimes that person is us, and that consequences are often, usually, much less horrific, but nonetheless destructive. Sometimes these are big ways, like the person who drinks and gets behind the wheel, that are obvious, that that choice will cause harm to others. Sometimes they're less obvious, like the person who gossips and tears down relationships, or the person who criticizes and breaks down community, or those of us, myself included, who are sometimes just lazy. And the consequences of our actions are something that should happen, doesn't But getting back to Thomas, I think the other wonderful thing about John including this particular story in his gospel, I'm so glad that he told us what happened here, because the other thing that we see is Jesus' response to Thomas's doubt. I think sometimes we're so afraid of doubt. I think we think that somehow it will be contagious, and maybe it will be. And so we want to deny its existence, and we want to push it away. Exactly the opposite of what's going on here. The honesty, and then also the inclusion. Jesus doesn't, in this story, come and say to Thomas, Go. You've doubted. You're not part of me anymore. And I think we're afraid somehow that God will. And Jesus instead comes to Thomas and says, I understand that you have doubts. I understand that you want proof. Stick your fingers in my hands and your hand in my side and don't doubt but believe. He comes to him and and offers him proof. He comes to him and says, you don't need to have doubts. 
And I think the appropriate response for us when we have doubts is to go to God, to go to God and say, Lord, I, I have doubts. I'm struggling with this. I'm struggling with this situation. I'm struggling with my faith. I'm not even sure that you're there. I think those are questions we should take to God. And we see in this that Jesus responds with love to Thomas. And not only that, but also ends with that phrase, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. And of course, we are some of those. We weren't there with the apostles while they left us evidence and they left us testimonies like Thomas did. Thomas, who was full of doubt and then lived a life that says, I am so sure that Jesus rose. I am so positive of what I saw, despite the fact that I, like you, was not sure that I can't live a life other than this. And of the apostles who were in that room, John is the only one who lives to old age, and all of them, John included, live that kind of life. All of them are changed by this resurrection, and with their lives, they testify to what they saw. And with their testimony, God is saying... I don't have to leave you with your doubts. Look at this testimony of those who did see and believed and how strongly they staked their life on what it was they saw so that you can believe. And with that, we'll close this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. I pray that God will be with you in these days, even if you're struggling, or especially if you're struggling with doubt. If you want to leave a comment on this episode, go to thebiblestudypodcast.com or send me an email at host at thebiblestudypodcast.com. And as always, thanks so much for listening. The best and the brightest served up daily by the sharpest minds in content delivery, pod show, and limelight. Hey, Ted, what do you want to do today? Well, Ashley, I've always got uh, work to do, naps to take, but I have a better idea. How about we invite everyone to listen to the TMUS podcast? I love that idea. Let's do it right now. Hi, everyone. We're Ted and Ashley Slater, and we'd love for you to join us as we talk about teamwork in marriage. We share how grace, commitment, and cooperation can help couples live the everyday moments of marriage together. To listen, go to lifeaudio.com and search for Team Us.